0: Welcome to Lord John Lander, the Outlander podcast for Lord John fans, where we talk all things Outlander, but especially about Jamie and his Sassanac. And sometimes we talk about Claire, too. We can't promise you much, but for the next half hour-ish, we can promise chaos and to make you question whatever life choices led you to listen to us. Before we get into it, this is your one and only warning that show and book spoilers are lurking around every corner.
1: We're even going to spoil crap that never happened. <laughs>
0: Welcome to Laura John Lander. We are your hosts. I'm Mistress Pandora, but you can call me Pan. That's kind of a mouthful. And my co-host, Beth, is here as well. Say hi, Beth.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: And today is a very, very special episode because we have our very first guest host. And that is Ness. You guys know her as Geek in the Pink on AO3. Ness, you want to say hi?
2: Hi, everybody. Happy Yay, to be
0: so, here. I'm so excited. We're so excited you're here. So n- we are going to go through episode 105. This is Rent. Um, this is a fantastically, like, Dougal-heavy episode. And we really want to Ness on because she has some of the best Dougal takes ever. Um, and I really don't think that we're going to get through this in half an hour. So we may have to, this may end up being, <laughs> this is probably going to be a two-parter.
1: But that's okay. I make it work. <laughs> yeah. There's just a lot in this episode and um, I mean, it's just so much is revealed about the characters and just a lot to unpack.
2: Yeah, so much content, so much plot, really. So much characterization.
1: And we all
0: have very strong feelings strong about it. Strong opinions. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so I don't think that we had anything to clarify or correct from last week. So we are going to just skip that part. And if we did, oh, well,
1: <laughs>
0: maybe we'll get to it next time. Maybe not. I, maybe you know. we won't. Maybe it just never actually happened.
1: Who knows? <laughs> it will just remain a mystery or you can Google it yourself. <laughs> Google it.
0: It's fine. You send us a message on Tumblr, I guess, or Twitter. If you, if you want, I guess.
1: That'd be, that would be a fun segment <laughs> messages from Twitter and Tumblr <laughs> um, that that really would be like yeah. I would love I think didn't they do that on the um, Outcasts podcast yeah that sounds familiar yeah. the I fan think mail. they might have done that yeah we should so guys send send us your questions and comments um, we are not Tom... reading their tweets hot takes <laughs> Yeah, hot
0: takes, nice things. Yeah, we, um, love a hot we do. Take. I mean, we, we record well in advance, though. So you may send us something and then have no idea, and then just magically six be surprised. Yes, yeah, six six weeks later, like, oh hey, I forgot I did that. Um, but yeah. so. It's a surprise for everyone. <laughs> us included. <laughs> 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 in a month, we're gonna get emails and go, "What the hell is this? Mm-hmm. Who is it?" Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> we did we did open our mouths on that one, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Oops. All right, so Rent we've got Claire is getting on the road with Dougal and Jamie, whom she still thinks is McTavish. Rupert Ankus, all of our faves. Mm-hmm. And this episode opens up with Claire quoting John Dunn at the lock. And this is where she meets Ned Gowen.
1: <gasps> oh, Ned. Oh, so exciting. We, we stand, Ned. We oh totally my God! Stand love Ned. Pansexual Ned. icon, 100%. <laughs> Ned. Like, Ned is a guy who will try anything twice. Um, <laughs> <and> <laughs> For sure. He... I just you know who he'd get along really well with is Harry quarry mm. oh that's
2: a good one
0: the
1: other the um, other
0: pansexual icon
1: yeah my god, that's a
2: ship true. I've never thought of jeez oh gross uh, <laughs> oh my god. I thought I like went through all the crazy uh chaotic ships but no there, there's
1: one, all right, I'm write that one down. <laughs> I, <laughs> the sick will be coming no no yeah, oh god <laughs> Yeah, I don't think we i don't I don't think that we need a fix for that, but you know sometimes we don't need it, but when we get it we we find out that we really did yeah, so you, know, you, exactly. just, you just never know well we I always thought i always thought Ned and lamb would be like oh. a really good pairing too like I always kind of. Have wanted them, in, especially in like a modern AU, to like Aww. meet each other and and you know, kind of like the Aww. old man boyfriends and yeah. stuff. Because they both love
2: Claire, and they like take and her under her wing while the other men are being mean to her.
0: Oh my god, you guys! I'm having a moment. I need this. So <laughs> oh no, bad. I didn't. Oh,
1: <laughs> that is real I- sweet though. I'm like, I- that's so endearing. Well, and they're both like so like gent. They're like. Gentle, mild yeah. mannered, mm-hmm. ma- but they're they're mild mannered, but they're also adventurous. Yeah, worldly. And um they're so both intellectuals. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean they be the cutest.
2: Oh, I do like yeah, so much. <laughs> Guys, I did not need another OTP, but here we go. Okay. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Though Ned deserves one, let's be real. He does. I can't believe we haven't thought of one for Ned yet. Like this is necessary.
1: Here we are. So I mean Ned is Ned and Claire kind of they have like a little bit of a I mean they have a nice little start in the beginning, but through the episode they're there having kind of their ups and downs. Um and a lot of it has to do with Claire being really infuriating um, <laughs> most of this episode. The whole episode. Um but he's also like most of it, he's, like, kind of mildly amused mm-hmm. by by her um, being so, like, self-righteous and stuff. It's not till later that he's kind of, like, enough is enough. But anyway, yeah. we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's interesting with him because um, I kind of feel similarly to him that I do to Jamie in this episode. Because he's, like, um, it seems like he's genuinely interested in talking to Claire, getting to know Claire. Like, whatever, spending some time with her. But yet he has this very distinct loyalty to the the other Highlanders, and so you, you like the push and pull between that. This whole episode, I was like, I, it's funny because I don't think I thought about it until this rewatch. But I was like, um, you got these two kind of men who seem to be like for Claire, at least uh, at least like we just met men this episode. But um, yeah, it seemed to go back and forth between like, are we on her side? Are we on the side of the other Highlanders? It's interesting.
0: I think that's kind of clear, though. Like, that that sounds like a clear problem in this. Oh,
2: story. easily. Yes, yeah. <laughs> she, like, she pushes it too far, as she does.
1: Yeah, she does. She's just... And she's working off, like, just assumption upon assumption yeah. upon assumption. Like, right there, you know, she has her little moment with Ned Gowan, but, like, then, you know, very early on in the episode, um, the guys are all... Uh, talking joking around um and they're in they're speaking in Gaelic and her instinct is that they're they're speaking in Gaelic deliberately to exclude her yeah. and that's so, so I mean it's their first language yeah that, it I is it too, was...
2: because it's in um uh oh my god when she speaks over top of it, oh my God, I can't remember what it's called. In um, the... the voiceover. Voiceover. Oh my gosh, thank you. So, and because she says it in the voiceover, it's like she's stating fact. And you're like, uh, oh she would be like, unreliable narrator, unreliable narrator. It's not, how do you know? You just are saying that aloud. Like, that's not this, you never asked anybody. You never asked them. <laughs> You ever well, ask, it, and Jamie who might could who could maybe well yeah and then he even comes over and tries to explain like it's so dumb
1: <laughs> and it's funny because she says it like it's fact mm-hmm. like I I think like you know I've watched the shows and rewatched them watched them and stuff and you know read the books and then just spent so much time thinking about these characters and it was a little while before I myself was like you know she's wrong. <laughs> like they that is their primary language and the fact that they've been speaking english around her generally is actually a courtesy to her Yes, um a thousand percent. because y- y- why would they otherwise speak anything but gallic because mm-hmm. she where they are it's not like they're in london yeah exactly yeah,
0: yeah. Um, yeah and we kind of see that lot in the last episode we didn't really touch on this at all but when Myrta is translating for her at the gathering he gets shushed yes of course yeah. he just kind of scowls at her that's um like like fuck you I'm gonna do what I want yeah <laughs>
1: yeah there you go Well, that's Myrta
0: yeah that's yes. Myrta god I love Myrta this is a good Which Myrta interesting too this, but I'm getting ahead of ourselves
2: that does happen at the beginning of the episode too right so that kind of sets the scene for the whole episode mm-hmm. of like oh they're against me So then it's like, is she making conflict out of nothing?
0: She started that. She came to be angry. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, well, and I think, and and I do think she has some justification in being angry, right? Like, you know, she, she's just been kind of first of all she's been outwitted by them like at every right. turn mm-hmm. and she's trapped and now she's like stuck on the road with them although and I think because she's hoping that she's going to be able to find Crane of Dune yeah she's um, like
2: single-minded about that she's like that's her main yeah. focus her mind is always there and I think because I, I mean I don't think they've no because they wouldn't have talked about this yet in this show but if, I always wonder, like, oh, is it because of her glass face that that I believe this, Jamie uh, says that about her, that because she has a single-minded focus on something that she doesn't want them to know, that they know that she's lying the whole time. So, of course, they don't trust her. Like, you know,
1: like, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, I mean, they never really go into the glass face on the show, but at all. But, oh, like... Okay, so I'm, just, I'm just... I thought it was at least somewhere about... Maybe it is. I but No, know, I definitely don't it's,
0: remember. It's kind of visual. It's visual.
1: Yeah, true. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I mean she's she's definitely walking around, my my mom would say, <laughs> like a with a puss on her face. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. But um Yes, yeah, so she's got a chip on her shoulder. She's uh-huh. just and what now that she's so singularly focused, I think it's making her even angrier that she hasn't quite gotten to that goal yet you know so mm-hmm. she's just you know more and more mad and then yeah it's, she's looking for things to be pissed off about um and we see that and the
2: men don't take to that very well especially no. a pair of, well no especially angus obviously which we'll see later on which was which it, when it gets intense
0: i'm so excited to talk about angus me
2: too
0: I have so many thoughts.
2: I have so many back and forth thoughts about so many things in this episode. <laughs> Claire is so infuriating. Yes. But then it's like, of course that moment, once again, we'll talk about it when we get to it, but it's like, I can't help, but like Beth was saying, there's moments where I'm like, yeah, they treat her so terribly. <laughs> like I, it's it's, back, it's both. It's
1: somehow both. And here, she does not have any female buffers. Right. Like Nine. at Leoc, she's she's got Mrs. Fitz, especially who just thinks that she like walks on water. Uh-huh. Um, and then, e- but even like you have to think in the day to day. Like there's just other women around to be buffers. But now it's like she is in a hundred percent in like testosterone city. Like in this close is, quarters too. Yeah, and this is this is their thing. It's just you know they're. You know, of course they're going to sit around, you know, the fire telling dirty jokes. Like, mm-hmm. usually there's not a woman with them.
2: Yeah, that they need to worry about and all that, yeah. But, okay, can I just say, too, this is the only time I noticed this when I watched it last night, was she was like, their lewd jokes didn't upset me. They're this, and I'm like, you're clearly so upset saying that. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you sure you're not upset, Are you sure? Because your
1: voice sounds upset.
2: I was just
1: like, you're such a liar. He thinks thou dost protest too much. Like,
2: talk about glass face. Now you get a glass voice. Like, come on. Uh, It was
1: funny. Yeah, and like you said, you know, Jamie does try to reach out to her Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, say, don't worry about it, and you know, they don't hate you, they just don't trust you. Which you you think is fair, yeah. It, it, to her, it's one in the same, which is True. interesting, yeah, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. like it's very immature point of view, right? Like you I know, when you're like thinking, it feels very yeah. stereotypical,
2: stereotypically female as well. Like, oh, they don't like me. I'm thinking like a woman from the '40s and something like too. Like she's very, obviously she's very independent. She's educated. She's lived all over the world, but is she falling into the trap of oh, they don't like me?
1: Yeah, and in that that kind of it's just a very, you know, immature way of thinking. You think about, like, you know, the typical, like, junior high friendship. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, we had a fight, so now we're not friends anymore. You know? Like- <laughs> I, yeah.
2: Because yeah. she goes, because she's so flippity-floppity with mm-hmm. Rupert and Angus. Obviously, Rupert is the one who is more kind of, like, jovial. And I think you see less conflict with him. He's got his own issues on the other, like on the other side of that. But... But that her specifically with them, I couldn't help but like dive into their relationship so much when I was thinking about the episode, because it's always she hates they hate her and she hates them, or vice versa, or they're like oh they're so sweet and they're such a strange little like threesome like it can't be every episode and sometimes every scene it changes.
1: Yeah. Well, and some of that I think might come from the fact that. You know, in the book, neither of them are very big characters and they're yeah. certainly not the like, um, you know, uh, the comedic foil characters that they are in the show. Right. So you can kind of see a little bit of a wobbly ground when they're trying to build these characters out of nothing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because I found other things like that in this episode as well being kind of like, oh, that's weird for that character or oh, that's weird for that kind of. Storytelling,
0: so it's kind of that's kind of interesting. This episode is interesting for that kind of theme in general, actually. This is the first episode that really has kind of a—I don't want to say truncated, but it has a narrower cast than the mm-hmm. previous episodes because the previous episodes were at Leox, so the column was there, and Mrs. Fitz was there, and everybody else, Galas was there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was a lot more. There's a lot more to pull from, and but I mean, somehow they did manage to get all of this. Characterization and get all of this conflict crammed into this hour. Mm-hmm.
2: And Sometimes, enough, like I've, I've, it is one of my favorite episodes, you know, what I feel like I'm complaining about it constantly. But it, it is, is actually, I find it's, it's a very, very good episode.
1: Sometimes that's like the best way, though. I mean, it, yeah. especially when you think about kind of almost the build up, right? Or I don't know, build up, build down. I don't know. But, you know, this one gets them narrowed down into this core group and then. The next episode is is basically a bottle episode, yeah. Um, and that really gets to the heart of some of the characters. And then even
2: seven, you could say, is like at least half a bottle episode and half something totally different. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 totally. It's interesting too because, um, the other yeah, another thing that I was focusing on this episode is how different characters. I think I probably said it already. I'm already forgetting, but um, how different characters. Uh, react when they're in different groups of people, and this is like the perfect. This is essentially like, the perfect episode for that because I think it happens with just except for, like, oh no, because even Claire with the women is happier, <laughs> so even she yeah. has to But everyone in this episode acts differently depending on who they're who they're with, and it actually drove me insane. Like I started to be like, what? I started to doubt things that I thought I knew about the characters so well that I was like, oh, but look at them like the way they act in this episode. I feel like I haven't. Rather, I hadn't seen them act like that at all before or after. Or it was just I'd so little. Like, I'd seen so little of it, like, except for this one.
0: I think that but makes yeah. this a really important episode for that mm-hmm. reason.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. It is. It's, this is, this in the next two episodes, so five, six, and seven, I think are, you know, the most some of the most important pre- episodes of the entire series mm-hmm. and they really you know sometimes when i try to tell people they should watch outlander and they're like oh i gave up after episode two or something i'm like you have to at least get to episode five like you have to get yeah. to episode five or else you're not getting i must the... feel like
2: you, you'll find a character that you um are rooting for by episode five too yes yeah
1: um And so the first kind of um, conflict that we see here in this episode is, you know, they arrive at one little village um, group of tenants, whatever you want to call it. And um, Claire kind of starts to get to see the rent collecting in action. And we see Dougal um, as, you know, all we've seen Dougal so far has been like, uh kind of brooding or antagonistic yeah but in this episode we see the magnanimous you know mm-hmm. pseudo laird right mm-hmm. and he's ch- shooting the shit with everyone and you know like, to- by his tenants and stuff or yeah. Yeah, by tenants that
2: he um that he has to connect with because obviously colin doesn't do it so
1: yeah um and it kind of goes back to um what we were talking about for episode four about loyalty and because we talked a little bit about the different types of loyalty that we saw in the gathering, but now we're also mm-hmm. seeing this this loyalty to the clan amongst the tenants that are playing or that are paying rent. Right. Um and kind of getting to see Dougal in that type of situation.
0: So I, one of the things that I, I noticed, so I, this was, I think the first time I'd actually rewatched this episode all the way through. So the first time I watched it, obviously I was like brand new to the fandom was still trying to figure out who everyone was, what the dynamic, what was, what what was going on. Right. But now coming back to it after having a solid two years of developing really strong opinions about (laughs) all of these people, um, it's almost kind of trippy to see Dougal in that good guy light.
2: Mm.
0: Like it was kind of, it, it made me feel a little weird because I'm like, I know what's coming. And I'm like I'm getting, I'm getting myself worked up already to be mad at him for things that haven't even happened on the screen yet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I'm curious. Okay, so you guys keep talking about that. About the first time. Uh, and it is the first time he's magnanimous. It's the first um, long stretch of time that you see him um, make, I guess, make good decisions, I guess you could you could say, and, <laughs> like, you would see genu- him genuinely wanting to help people here and there throughout the episode. But um, what always sticks with me as the Google, as the Google, oh my god, as the Google stan that I am, um, <laughs> is is at the end of Castle Yuck where he's playing with, um, spoiler alert, his son, and Claire's looking at them, and, like, um, and it's funny because I I've rewatched that scene uh, several times, and she she's very she's she's like enjoying seeing the play, and she obviously doesn't know the big secret about um, the parentage and all that. But um, uh, there like you kind of don't know how she feels about it as far as uh, Dougal goes because he's he's even done some things like before that that I think would maybe make her afraid of him and things like that. But it's so. That's always a scene where I go. Oh, it was so interesting that so early on in the season, you like. I think I just think that scene is so adorable and so. I just can't, I remember thinking, I don't know, probably during one of my re- re-watches where I was paying very close attention, very play, paying very close attention, being like, this seems like a clue that he's actually a good guy. He's like, oh, look at him, and he like cherishes these moments with this kid and his nephew slash nephew slash son and, <laughs> because i think i think it is maybe it is like trick of the to trick the audience of like oh look at him be so sweet to this kid how can he be such a bad guy and i definitely i know i definitely like um fed into that of course until i think it is the gathering when he <laughs> stops her in the hallway and he's wasted and then you're like that's just the first thing i think of as far as um one of his first um really bad behaviors uh come into uh Claire's knowledge at
0: least. You know, I don't well, think that he was initially like I don't think the intent was for him to be this big bad villain. So so I'm yeah, I'm he's curious what you're Really your not about written, Like he's really not written as the villain. He's written as a complicated character. He's written as a source of significant conflict later really on. Speak my but <laughs> but He's. I mean, he's really not. For all of the awful things that he does, um, he's not really written to be the villain. The villain in this season is clearly Blackjack.
1: Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Well, and I think too, you know, he is highly villainized in the fandom. Generally yes. Speaking, yeah. I think, but like, there's. I've I think for always the wrong reasons. Yeah, and I always have thought that Dougal he does a lot of bad things and he's got a lot of bad motives, mm-hmm. but I think he's, he's way more complex than just being the bad guy. He's yes. He's, yeah, I love to hear he's it. a very complex character. And that's where you start to see some of the, this is where you see some of those complexities. Yeah, exactly. Like, yes, you get the, the little taste of it um, in the second episode. Um, and then you get to see him be a little more of, you know the the bad guy type but then here it's it's very you know very conflicting and throughout the episode Claire gets to see a lot of other bad guys that are way worse
2: yes that I always think what's so interesting is seeing him in contrast like the garrison well garrison commander in general or the next episode the title of that's the title of the next episode if you didn't know mm-hmm. um is, is the Spoil most this per- <laughs> <laughs> is the most perfect example of that's when you think Dougal is a hero the is, yes. is Garrison Commander, which I, I get such a thrill out of that like that's that's um obviously that's for further discussion we yeah wait. but you know what I mean like it depends who he's with <laughs> it does yeah No, yeah, it does are you making fun of me for my love of him again no <laughs> not the slightest um
1: well and I think too that um, you know, even in this, this part here with the women, you know, Claire's with the women who are walking the wool, And then we find Mm -hmm. out that, you know, that one woman, her, her baby, she hasn't been able to, you know, make breast milk for the baby or the baby won't take the breast milk. And now, yeah, yeah, now they have to do the, give the goat, they gave the goat to Dougal for the rent. Uh And I always thought that like, if Claire had not been so freaking self-righteous about that Mm -hmm. he probably would have given the goat back like if she
0: one million like if
1: she had said you know calmly calmly like hey here's the situation Mm -hmm. yes because you see it later in the episode with the the folks that uh, the british had just just come through yes yeah
2: exactly
1: and he he like redistributes the wealth i mean he's like dude a socialist man like come yeah. on <laughs> you can't say he and, doesn't
2: care about those people like he clearly does
1: but it seems to
2: prove it over and over again
1: if he had
0: given in to this english woman that nobody knows mm-hmm. who's throwing a fit and is acting drunk and yeah, it makes him yeah, up, it making is. a scene speaking up against the men if he gave in to her he would lose power and respect in yeah. that village
2: which is absolutely so that's much what it, that's all that was and how he 100%. Gets done and
0: that's all it was. That mm-hmm. that's what it was. If she had just like pulled him aside and said, "Hey, hey, Dougal, man, this this is a baby that's gonna go hungry tonight. Can we give? Can I'm we sure, do you goat? can
2: sneaky the goat back into, you know, there's ways to right. do it. Not everybody's paying attention. He
1: absolutely would. He yeah. absolutely would. would. She would. He just needed to to, to save face. It's funny because when we we're you guys were just talking about it, I <laughs> I just had this mental image of, like, the town Facebook page. People, people being, like, you know, like, Claire posting on it, like, can you believe that he wouldn't give that goat back? And, like, half of them were like, calm down. Rent in French. They have to pay the rent. You don't know how we do
2: things here at Sassanay. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Mind your own business.
2: What I love, too, is I, when I was watching that scene, um, because, um, is in that scene drives me absolutely insane uh, but the way and okay and so obviously like that's not i'm trying to move to the Duke part but uh duel's not happy that claire let that claire um escaped his uh henchman's uh, eye <laughs> and he's like, like get up and walk for it <laughs> barely not on Netflix. Um, so he's upset that, you know, they couldn't hold down for fort and uh, giving him shit and stuff. But when he talks to her, he's totally calm. He, like, is angry for a second, and then you see him, like, take a breath or take a moment, and he's like, mm-hmm. what's, he says something like, um, what, like, w- what's the meaning of this or, or something? He asks her for some sort of exclam- exc- exc- explanation, oh my god, explanation? And he's so mature and, cal- and calm about it, like, yeah, literally compared to everybody else in that entire scene, other than um, the savior that uh, comes in as well. But, yeah, um, yeah, you can't, you can't be telling me Dougal's this uh, massive villain, only villain, uh, Not people. He's
0: just not. He's not unhinged. Like, he's, he's this scary kind of, a little nutty. Like, he's got, oh, for sure. <laughs> not as scary as list but i'm getting way ahead of ourselves um <laughs> that's, that's that's made scary. in hell yeah. oh go. god um however comma he so dougal definitely has he has his priorities he has yes. his cause he has he has his list of things that he needs to accomplish and claire is in the freaking way
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: i would like to point out what we are saying here though <laughs> in claire getting all self-righteous and throwing a tantrum about the goat is in her trying to do the right thing she messed it up for everybody else and that's for like is that does that feel like foreshadowing (laughs) i was gonna say that sounds like her as a
2: character (laughs) this sounds like her (laughs) as a person yeah
1: no it's absolutely true (laughs) so let's let's just let's call it call
0: a spade a spade she Mm -hmm. messed up
1: yeah Yeah. oh absolutely
0: that was was not Dougal being cruel that was her acting impulsively on things that she doesn't understand Mm
1: -hmm. yep and you know a little bit later in the episode um when Jamie goes to talk to her again like you know he keeps trying to like give her these little like talking to's and then he kind of washes his hands of her and then Mm -hmm. um
0: she's annoying
1: he's he says (laughs) he says you shouldn't get annoyed by her (laughs) <laughs> yeah he says it's you amazing it's like be... the first kind of the
2: first time the first official time after he's got like the massive heart eyes it's, it's yeah
1: well it's like the first and only but yeah you know... exactly, exactly. <laughs>
2: it's
1: so but strange like, he says you shouldn't be commenting on things that you don't know anything yes. about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's so interesting to me and you know I don't want to get too much into to uh parallels to today but you know, that's a lot, it's very similar to some of the conversations that you see being had um, about like racial injustice and stuff today. Oh, yeah. Is that like, mm-hmm. you know, you, there's, there's a place for you to put your nose in the business and there's a place for you to not, right. And you mm-hmm. have to find that balance. And that's, that's exactly, you know, what's going on here. And she's, uh, she's, she's looking at Everything they're doing from this like English,
2: um, 20th century perspective,
1: yeah, 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 which she money. thinks
2: is superior, which it just in some cases it's just not,
1: it's just different. And, and she's so incensed that when they go to the pub that night and Dougal's giving his speech, um, you know, she obviously doesn't know much Gaelic or Gallic, sorry, mm-hmm. um, she obviously doesn't know much Gaelic, but um i think if she'd had a little bit more of an open mind she might have figured out what was actually going on sooner. a lot
0: sooner and <laughs> could have saved herself some trouble i want to go back though so i think i think it was ness who said something who mentioned the, the savior in the scene with oh, yeah. the goat
2: that scene man is there's so much packed into that so something
0: something beth just said made me think about this so um I had a freaking thought. God dang it. Uh, Saviour <laughs> Savior. Oh, uh Bethlehem. Don't don't, uh, don't don't talk about things that you don't understand. Don't understand. You're like keep, keep not it.
2: entitled to uh what was I gonna
0: say? Oh, I can't remember now. Okay. Ah I, I got it, I got it. Okay. So
2: <laughs> bear Here's a part you. to cut. <laughs> bear nah.
0: Bear with me. So Claire has By the end of the series, so I know we're going to, I'm just going to talk about every little freaking thing. So by the end of the series, not the episode, the series of books, Claire has been married a total of three times Mm
2: -hmm.
0: four if you count Jamie the second time, (laughs) (laughs) but where her husbands have all seemed to go wrong is try to just tell her, don't do this.
2: Oh yeah.
0: Don't stick your nose in where it doesn't belong. Don't make a scene, understand where you are. You're a woman in this time, blah 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 blah. The only one who hasn't actually done that though, if you think about it is Lord John. He kind of that. let say, ah, "I got it, so <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Foster made me think of him because you know, as he should, yeah as he should um but yeah, so when they're when they're married, there's that conversation that they have. sure they were laying naked in bed (laughs) i love that scene um where she's trying to explain to him it's the best where she's trying to explain to him that she and brianna are from the future and all this Mm. stuff and he does not believe her at all but he kind of (laughs) leads by example in this this is such a such a stretch i don't care he kind of leads by example on that on that front of don't make a scene when he says no i i don't believe you, but I, I'm too much of a gentleman to act like this in public.
1: Yeah, yeah. he says I, I, I promise I'll act like I do or something like that.
0: Right. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll go along with it if this is what makes you happy.
1: <laughs> what a sweetheart. What a
0: sweetheart.
1: Well, and, and it's interesting because John has, out of all the characters, except maybe Column, but um, has spent most of his life around very strong-willed women. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that's
0: true. Yeah,
1: that's, that's a big
0: one. <laughs> uh, Benedicta, so, Minnie.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, even like. He, had, yeah. Even think about even think about the his um the the character Ness Nessie, right? Yeah. Oh. Um, she's very strong-willed and they end up becoming very good friends. So he, he has a really good way of, well, first of all, he's smart, (laughs) you know, but he, he also just has a very good way of, of, uh, handling, you know, that type of stuff and you know jamie i'd argue i mean he i believe his mother was very strong willed but he mm-hmm. just didn't have all those years
2: yeah exactly yeah with yeah. her
1: he only saw her through a child And then he left jenny when he was a young
2: teenager and all that stuff so he had some of that too but it wasn't like as probably not as consistent as he when he was a, when he was an adult which i think it would have significant uh, influence well even as
0: well, a yeah. did with jenny though so like the dynamic there is going to be very different so yeah, that's yeah, true. yeah. ellen was a Mackenzie, so she would she, yeah she would have had a big old personality oh, for sure. but jenny would too however comma he's the heir now yeah so there even though she's older than him there would be a little bit of deference in their yeah, his, interactions his,
2: whatever his um, whatever he says still goes
1: right so and I, well and, and i think i think too that because Jenny had to take on that role so young, yeah. she still had a lot of growing up to do as well. So it's mm-hmm, just, mm-hmm. it's just, a, it's just different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, John is is the, he is the uh, he's the difficult woman whisperer.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I always think too, uh, that made me think of how, um, I I feel like comparisons between John and Claire are, or should be obvious if they're not, but um. While I feel like John, it's so it would be so easy for John to be in the same uh, to behave similarly to Claire and thinking that he has he has this impressive title, he has this um, kind of impressive military background. Um, uh, Yeah, he's very educated and and worldly, travels all over the place, and yet he never once thinks that he's the smartest person in the room that should be telling everybody how to live their lives. Like it's just not who he is. And so, and I maybe it's just um, because I always think maybe it's just, it is just because he had so many outsider experiences uh, through his life that he's just humble that way. But I just think it's interesting how um, there's kid like there's, how there's different characters maybe sprinkled through who I think could act that way, and um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, don't or choose not to, and he's one who very obviously very consistently. Um, He's pretty humble and just
1: wants to be helpful. <laughs> and uh, so much of his
0: survival depends on his discretion.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Well, and th- and that's kind of a key difference though, right? Is that uh, he, he has so much more situational awareness than Claire. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> oh God, yes. Oh God, yes. I love that situational <laughs> so awareness. I'm going to use that. And it's, I I don't know. I just find it so fascinating with Claire because um, she does have so many admirable traits in a woman. Right. But at the same time, I think sometimes you can get blinded by the, those admirable traits and there are other traits that, that you can have as a woman, especially that help to, um, temper things a little bit, and I'm not saying, like, you women should be quiet, or, <laughs> god, no. You know? I know, I
2: was, I was, restri- I was worrying that I was kind of coming off saying the same thing, like, <laughs> like, we're bad feminists, and saying, like, oh, she should be quiet and obedient and listen to the men, which is not the case. That's the not what, we're saying. Yeah, what that. we're saying. It's just
0: that. She should be smarter about it.
2: Yeah, and it's yeah. from a smart, like, and from a respectful, obviously, um, just of everyone, despite whatever they are, and, um, that, just because she's a woman doesn't mean everybody's maybe against her. Like the reason they have um, doubts about her are valid, especially in their way of life. Like it's not because you're an outspoken woman necessarily. Like it doesn't just have to be about that.
1: Well, and I think it comes back to that situational awareness, which now I think I'm kind, kind of using the term loosely, but um, you know, it, one thing, that is important. um, And and I think that a lot of intelligent people learn is, you know, to adjust yourself based on what's going on around you. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and then again, this also kind of goes back to that whole don't stick your nose where it doesn't belong, like, you know, taking a step back when you are not the expert mm-hmm. um and respecting other people's cultures and yeah, ways of life that I, she she doesn't do that very much and um a big part of that you can see just because of the different centuries right like you know mm-hmm. she's used to the 20th century and now she's in the 18th and yeah we can all sit here and say like Sucked for women in the 18th century, mm-hmm. but if you're if you're going to be living there, you've got to find a way to yeah, adapt, adapt and mm-hmm. be just as strong willed, but maybe not be so. um I don't know.
2: Well, because the conflict is not going to help you. I think that's yeah. The point. And I think of someone like yeah. Galas who is a certified psych- psychopath, obviously. Yeah, Despite here. that, she, and obviously she, you've, there's revelations about her and things, but she found a way um, to I, possibly thrive, thrive in the way that she wanted to. She got pretty mm-hmm. much everything she wanted back in the 18th century. Like she is not that dissimilar to Claire and she figured out a way to get yeah. what she wanted.
0: And she leaned into the crazy. Well, crazy. <laughs> the mysticism, like we, we, she leaned she's she really had leaned into that yep i'm a witch
2: and but but once again didn't get caught until claire (laughs) came like what's that about (laughs) just brings (laughs) the drama with her yeah um (sighs)
0: so (laughs) oh boy this is such a fun episode i am really having a ball guys um So that evening, after so Claire's already upset. Trying, as I try to steer us back around, so Claire, Claire's mm, already like, Where upset. <laughs> Where are we? We so Claire's pissed. Um, right. She's pissed at Dougal. She goes to this meeting because now Dougal won't let her out of his sight. She goes to this meeting at night, um, behind locked doors, and he's giving this big impassioned speech in Gaelic, and then he rips Jamie's shirt Ugh, to show his back and I did not realize like I have strong feelings about this and I am going to talk about them <laughs> today but I did not realize as I was rewatching how visceral my reaction to
1: this is now yeah it's it's absolutely um I don't I don't know if I necessarily have a more visceral reaction than I have before, but I mean, probably a little bit because I've just thought so much more over time about the way that Jamie was groomed by Dougal. Oh um, that it just, you know, it's just, it's awful.
2: Yeah.
1: And I think this is
2: a, like the prime example, or maybe it the most probably recent, um, uh um um encompassing kind of example of his like what you might say is villainy because he mm-hmm. um he has his priorities his priorities mm-hmm. are um what he chooses and what his um upbringing and his uh job kind of uh, demand of him which is um ver- which is very demanding and very he's, he has a lot of responsibility as he t- he's responsible for a lot of people like including his brother of the Laird because of his situation. And, um, he does not, uh, find much issue with, um, doing, uh, just about whatever he needs to do to, uh, yeah, make the things happen that he, he thinks are the best for Scotland, are the best for, um, the Mackenzie clan, for his family, yeah. his tenants, um, etc. And, um, he, while i, I Maybe unknowingly, I'm not entirely sure. I don't know if he will ever really know. Um, takes these people who are usually family members of his in some way, shape, or form, and um, uses them. Takes care of them to, to usually takes care of them to to the best visibility to start. To the point where they trust him and rely on him, and uh, then uh, believes that they. And basically, in a uh, trade-off of that, he believes that they owe him whatever he desires, whatever he needs of them. Um, so uh, he says later on to <coughs> Jimmy in the episode, you- Fergus. Um, <laughs> hi, Fergus. Um, you uh, sworn oath a fealty to the Mackenzie clan, and so I can do whatever I want with your back. I can do whatever I want with your shirt. You- I own you. I own you, and he doesn't say it, but I always feel like it's implied when he talks to Jamie that I took you on as a six, whatever sixteen year old or whatever it was. I taught you how to. Uh, I, t- I took you under my wing after your father. Or no, his father's still alive. No, but after his um, or when he um, got back from school. Oh my god, I'm getting my lineage and thing all all uh, all screwed up. But he t- he takes him under his wing. He um uh. Yeah, teaches him everything he needs to know to be a big, strong Scottish Highlander, and uh, and and you owe me. You owe me this, um, this this thing that you have that will get these people to do the thing that is right for Scotland. And because Mm it's like the ends justify the means, and um, his Jacobite cause is. Uh, as as valid as any possible thing could be, so
0: yeah. So and it's I, and it's not just the you owe me; it's I own you. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah. So when when I when I say that Dougal and Column too, I'll save Column. I'll I'll rip him up a new one for another day. His, but, his, his stuff
2: was revealed uh, later on.
0: <laughs> so, Dougal and column have both groomed jamie since he was a teenager that his worth as a person is dependent entirely on what if his body he is willing to sacrifice what if his uh-huh. body his person he is willing to sacrifice and that really is so apparent when he rips the sh- when he rips jamie's shirt and like this is this is a personal private thing like this is not something he is comfortable mm-hmm. sharing about himself because of all of the shame and everything that is everything that's wrapped up in his scars
2: mm-hmm.
0: he does not want to share that with people like he likes to keep some manner of privacy for his own feelings his own experiences And for the love of God, like, it's his freaking body. Like, Mm
2: -hmm. he has
0: no bodily autonomy. And that Mm -mm. is such a theme in this whole damn series. He has zero bodily autonomy. Dougal has stripped it. Blackjack strips it later. Claire strips it later. Like, he has been absolutely... Oh, I'm getting incensed.
2: (sighs) And I think it stems because he is a soldier. So it's like, yeah, your body belongs to your country now and then google obviously takes it on very personally like, but at the oh, same i'm for the time, country so your body's mine but at the same time like that's insane it's absolutely
0: insane and it it's absolutely incorrect it is oh for sure terrible. It, it, it was a terrible take then it's a terrible take now like it just i got i get so mad on jamie's behalf for this crap because he's just not allowed to be a person he is not allowed to be his own person because his body doesn't belong to him. And that is the message he has been, he has been told since he was a kid.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, I think it goes back even before, you know, he was a soldier or anything like that. Because when you think about the Duke of Sandringham and you know, we don't, we don't hear as much of it in the, in the, in the series as we see in the books, but you know, he was uh, he was groomed by the Duke of Sandringham, and his uncles didn't- Encouraged they, it,
2: yeah. They encouraged, they encouraged
1: it. it. They didn't just to not the protect point, him, they encouraged it. Mm-hmm. To the point where he had to make himself sick mm-hmm. in order to protect his own body. He was like that 15, 16 was- at the time.
0: He poisoned yeah. himself.
2: Yeah. yeah. He was
0: afraid he was going to be sexually assaulted by the Duke of Sandringham.
1: Yeah. <sighs> And nobody, nobody would would help him. And, it, you know, when you think about that, where he knew at that age that he's the only one who could protect himself mm-hmm. from that. Um, and then you think about um, later with, with Blackjack Randall first, um, when Blackjack makes him the offer when he's in prison um the, the first time when he says you know either you know give me your body or i'm going to flog you again, flog again yeah. um you know he jamie knows like nobody is going to to save him but himself so he again he sacrifices his body and he he deliberately puts himself in pain mm-hmm. to to avoid being violated thing. yeah yeah and, right
2: yeah, exactly
1: and then and then of course later on again with black jack randall you know it's it's just you know even worse and he again he knows nobody's coming for him nobody's going to be able to help him um so he has to try to just um he, he's he's utterly alone in protecting
0: yeah absolutely his
1: and, and from, there is- from violation and assault and that's mm-hmm. the message he has his entire life mm-hmm. and this and expectation encouraged by other
0: people. absolutely and this this expectation that if
1: mm-hmm. he
0: is going like it it has to be completely on him but at the same time if he refuses if he does if he takes steps to take himself out of these situations he is going to disappoint his uncles he's going to let somebody down he is going to diminish his own worth as a person because
2: is versus yeah, the person is, is tight originally and
0: all that yes mm. well and and there's also this idea <laughs> i'm about to i'm about to pop i'm sorry <laughs> okay pop <laughs> off there's, queen there is this idea that because he's six foot four he's yeah, huge exactly. he's muscular yeah. he's all beefy that he can't be victimized by mm. people who are more powerful than him and that is not mm. how it fucking works yeah. that is not
2: if, how it works. if wentworth oh. prison and um Oh, I used to know the name of the last episode, Now I'm forgetting. Uh, if those two episodes don't show you that, um someone smaller than Jamie can traumatize and like traumatize him to the point where he never gets over it for the rest of his life and um is it has to um give himself up in a way that like he never could forgives himself for, then I don't know what show you're watching. <laughs> like yeah. it's just, it's just like it's so it's proven so heavily in the end of season one and obviously in the end of book one. And yet mm-hmm people still had these same notions about him rather in the story or readers um, throughout, you know, till book nine.
0: I'm taking deep
1: Um, breath now. Well, and not to go too far off topic, but uh, Pan, you and I were talking about this in the last episode about when Jamie meets John he doesn't know what to do with him. And I think this is a big part of it because even when John reaches out and puts his hand on Jamie, Mm -hmm. when Jamie's like, get your hand off me, like John immediately does. And Mm -hmm. then like never Mm -hmm. tries to like make a pass at him or anything ever again. again. And Jamie's like, he, he doesn't even know what to do with himself because somebody's actually letting him have autonomy over his own body. And he's like, Mm -hmm. I I don't know what, how to do that. He (laughs) he never once
2: expects John to um, respect his boundaries. And yet that's all that John does.
0: That's all that John does. And And yet he still,
2: and then so what what does Jamie do? He creates chaos to then turn around John and be like, you did this, you did that. When he did nothing, Usually.
0: such a damaged man poor guy damaged. but I, like i think i think i said this last episode that even john touching his hand in ours mirror that was not a that wasn't a request it was an offer
1: yes absolutely and
0: i don't know that jamie realized that until much much later i think he did eventually figure it out but i think it took him a few years
1: yeah well and,
2: and even if maybe he has trouble um accepting it he does know it he's not stupid enough not to know it you're one of yeah. your favorite uh, things to say, Pan is they're two of uh, like the dumbest smart men ever. Oh, they're so mm-hmm. dumb. They're I so thought. dumb for being so <laughs> smart and so educated. What but again, of- oh,
1: something we talked about again yeah last Pan and I talked about last episode too. You know, it's so so John lets Jamie have autonomy over his body. Mm-hmm. And Jamie's so freaking mixed up about this that he goes ahead and gets himself in so much trouble mm-hmm. that John is forced to flog him. Oh, God, so it's yeah. like, it's so again, it's like, <laughs> He 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 doesn't even know what to do with this autonomy, so he puts himself in a position yeah. where he creates has the to give it up. Itself. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> he like, has, yeah, like I said, it creates creates the chaos. Uh, of that, um, it's a repetition of his past traumas. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Dummy.
0: Uh,
2: but it, so sorry to bring it back to Dougal, but I will. So no, we um, need to bring it back to Dougal. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it was so interesting. I just. This just popped in my head as you're uh, Jamie's bothering Tommy. Um, but I, uh, I, the detail that Dougal um, fathered Column's child uh, because he couldn't uh, produce an heir. And that was confirmed, right? Am I? I don't think yeah, that's but it, it was confirmed, right? It comes out
0: later. I think it is that season two?
2: Is it? Or later in this season? One.
0: So, I don't, I've seen it once. I'm not anyway, the authority on this one. Went-
1: but um Oh no, it's in season one. Okay, yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah, he's it's like I assured like... your bloodline. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yes yes, when they had the fight. That's right. So it is a few episodes from now, sorry. But um uh but they do but there is that awkwardness at the mm-hmm. um head table in what is it uh the way out or something? One oh two, I think. Oh there yeah, you go. Yeah. Um so it's you know, it's it's sprinkled in for quite a few episodes. Um and Dougal being the second son of a Laird. Um, like Jamie himself, there's lots of parallels there that I could go into, but I won't. Um, Ooh. but mm. he, so he's okay. Sorry, I'll try to make this quick. But So he uh, has grown up knowing he's the second son, knowing he's bigger and stronger and capable of more physically than Column just because of reality. Um, not ju- there's no judgment there. It's just reali- medical realities. Um, he, uh, and so, um, I'm sure he's got a lot of complexes about, like, oh, I should be Laird, and, um, he's obviously very upset with Jamie, um, thinking that he even has the, um, idea of becoming, um, leader of Clint McKenzie. And here, he's in the next thing you know, he's in this situation, uh, where, his brother is having trouble producing an heir and he's the laird and he needs to and it's it will bring shame onto their entire clan. And so he and who knows how this conversation went. We don't know. I'm just speculating. But so he rather is um demanded uh his his um his body is demanded his uh will is demanded his, like his presence is demanded uh to help with this Um, issue that his brothers having, that his clan is having, that would have dastardly kind of uh, results, um, long term and on a big, big scale for their kind of whole world. So I just keep, so I can't help but think like he either offered himself up to produce a child that he that would never know, or yeah, most likely would never know, or that he would never be able to claim as his own. Yeah, the um, parallels, but, right? I'm telling you, I could go on and on, but I'm thinking more as I say it. Um, and he that he also that he has to be um not similar to Jamie, not entirely, but that he grows up, that he watches the son of his, um, grow up and become a laird, something that he never got to do. Um, so hold it, in.
0: And then, hold it in, Beth, hold it in. Uh,
2: uh, just, I'm trying to make this quick, but it's not happening. Um, so he. He was, so yeah, so sorry, I can't seem to get my point straight across that, what I'm trying to say, which is that Colin either said, you have to do this, you don't have a choice, because we have a sim- one of our similar genetic makeup, so uh, this is my best option. You owe me this, because I am your Laird. Um, and not to mention, oh my god, I could go on and on about the things that um, Dougal has to make up for, because of columns. Like, the things that he does. Yeah. Um, when, when it's like he's got his own freaking place that he lives with his wife that he never sees and his daughters that he never... You know what I mean? He's, he, yeah. does, he has a life that is not his own. And he he lives the life of a pseudo-Laird because he um, chooses to because he wants to because I think he w- wants that life. But then he doesn't have a choice but to participate in, participate in because of his values. Um but it also, I just... don't think Colm would give him a choice because we will find out, and I think we have already a bit, find out the kind of person that Colm is, which is mm-hmm. very uh, calculating and yeah. um, who knows, he's the older brother. He may have taught Dougal from a young age how to manipulate people. So I hope that, I hope I actually said what I wanted to say, but <laughs> there you go. <laughs> he said a lot of good stuff. Uh, but I mean, bodily autonomy, he's inflicting this on Jamie and yet he has the same, he has a similar issue. It is. Ooh, I. Mm. I'm not saying it's. And he's a perpetrator, who then who who passes on the trauma. It is yeah. Trauma, there you go. Um, not that this is a, an excuse um, for him or apologize. I like tried to apologize for him. That's not that. I'm just saying. You can
0: apologize um, to, about him for or for him for other things.
2: <laughs> well, no, exactly. But that, I'm not surprised that he does not. Um. That he would do that, uh, that he would not make a peep about someone else, call him, whoever it might be, who, maybe when he was young, when he was Jamie's age, the war chief at the time, doing that to him. He does not think, he was not raised to believe that there's anything wrong with that. Or that he shouldn't do that for his clan and his country. It's insane. (laughs)
0: correct oh my god I really okay you said some stuff about parallels and similar mm-hmm. lives and I really want to get into this mm-hmm. but I have to point out this half hour has flown by <laughs> <laughs> Yes,
2: that's Even
0: by our standards this half hour <laughs> is, we may we, we may have blown it just a tiny bit mm-hmm. should we just go ahead let's go ahead and call this a two-parter Yes, love it. I love it so much.
2: Let's call we it told a you there was tons of content in this episode.
0: Oh, and we all have lots and lots of feelings. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, let's call this a two-parter. Let's stop here and we will come back to it on the next one. Um, because there's so much to talk about. So let's mm-hmm. let's stop here and we will come back. I
1: agree. Yeah. All right.
0: Thank you so much, Ness. I can't wait okay. to finish this conversation with you. Me too. Let's oh, back this back. has been fun. Let's Come back. Back. Yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening again. Um, I have no idea how many people are going to be listening at this point. I was oh going to say, if you're still here. Still here. We're still surprised and we still appreciate this you. This
2: long-winded rant hasn't turned <laughs> you off completely. And we're my double apology, which I will not apologize
0: for. We're just going to bookmark it and we will finish this rant shortly.
2: <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs>
1: Bye. This podcast is not affiliated with Outlander, Sony, Stars, and definitely 100% not with Diana Gabaldon. All opinions expressed are our own, and we may not even believe them ourselves. In fact, nothing in this podcast should be taken seriously as a general rule. We may not even be real people does this podcast even exist?
0: This podcast is not suitable for children, immature adults, homophobes, anyone who takes fandom too seriously, people who don't understand that the characters aren't real, people with sticks up their ass, people who hate fun, and people who have no sense of humor. Do not try any of these hot takes at home. We are professionals.
1: The FDA has not approved this podcast for human consumption. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, the urge to send us anonymous homophobic hate, ringing in your ears, and constipation. If you experience any of these side effects, ask your doctor if dying mad about it is right for you.
0: If you know us in real life, no, you don't.